I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Robert Ortegon. I'm Ashley Chancellor. I'm Dakota Chancellor. And Captain Nostalgia. This is Collateral Cinema. Welcome to Collateral Cinema, the only movie podcast that matters, where we focus on good movies, bad movies, and everything else in between in the world of cinema. We are podcasting straight from San Antonio, Texas, and yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast, so whatever you have, be it blunts, bongs, dabs, joints, smoke it if you've got it. Oh, yeah. Happy holidays, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Oh, yeah. Joyous Kwanzaa, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Kwanzaa. (laughs) Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. All of that. Whatever you celebrate or if you don't celebrate anything, um, have a happy day. Yeah. uh, Happy 420 Eve, then. (laughs) Yes. So we have a new Skype uh, guest star today named Captain Nostalgia. Do you want to introduce yourself? What's going on, guys? Hey, man. What's going on, man? Yeah, he's from the Victims and Villains podcast. Why, Why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast real quick? Sure, can do that. Uh, So our podcast is really unique in that we are the marriage between pop culture and suicide prevention. So we create content that meets people at their passions, whether it is movies, whether it's comics or television or music. But we do it with the heart to let them know that they have value and worth. And we want to be hope to those that are struggling with suicide and depression. That is really, really awesome, man. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. Mental health is so important today. Big issue. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially in our, our culture, you know, yeah. and it's really good to see a lot of um, a lot of people coming out and, and recognizing that and making attempts to, you know, outreach. I'm really, really proud of our culture for kind of, you know, finally putting an emphasis on that. Yeah. And I think that's going to be particularly poignant this episode. Don't you guys think? I would say so. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. For our holiday special, we picked a perennial Christmas favorite. And that is How the Grinch Stole Christmas, specifically the 2000 version directed by Ron Howard and featuring Jim Carrey. Man, I love Jim Carrey movies. And I, and honestly, I love Christmas movies. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a sucker for Christmas, even as an atheist, to tell the truth. Even the Hallmark Christmas movies? I could totally watch that shit. <laughs> Christmas isn't really a Christian holiday anyway. So. Yeah, well, it's more of a pagan holiday. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah right. Captain Nostalgia, what do, you, what do you think about The Grinch? I had forgotten how much I loved this movie until I sat down to watch it for this podcast. Oh, yeah. I love the energy that Jim Carrey brings to this role. And I tweeted this out last night that there's a there's a scene in particular where he's in the mail room. And I just wanted to go watch Man on the Moon, which is probably my favorite Jim Carrey movie. Oh, man. Because... Yeah. Andy Kaufman, he, yeah, dude. <laughs> Andy Kaufman and uh, his alter ego Tony, oh. the the lounge singer, like the, oh, what what was his last name? Oh shit. fuck, I forgot that. I, I, I can't remember. Tony Clifton. Tony Sorry. Clifton. There Tony we go. Clifton. Clifton. Yeah, exactly. Tony Clifton. Yeah, there's a there's a particular scene where you can like if you listen really closely and you've seen that movie, it is Tony Clifton, dude. and I'm like, 
yes, yeah. I need to rewatch this movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To a T, dude. He does that very well. Yeah, it, very it, he, he was in full character in the behind the scenes of that movie. Yeah. So yes. The yeah. original cast of Taxi. Yeah, dude. That was fucking yeah. amazing, dude. <laughs> I was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's been a while since I've seen this movie as well. I, I, I definitely grew up with it. You know, it's one of those movies that was shown every Christmas, but I guess it's been a few years and rewatching it this time. Really, I, I was impressed with several things and we'll, we'll get into that. Of course, you know, How the Grinch Stole Christmas is based on Dr. Seuss's 1957 book of the same name. Um, we're all familiar with the story. You know, it's, you know, about the Grinch who attempts to steal Christmas because he hates Christmas and he hates joy. Of course, there have been a couple other adaptations in particular, one of them being the animated special back in uh, 1966, oh, I the, believe. The original mm-hmm. story. Yeah, that had, uh, yep. that had Boris Karloff narrating it, right? Boris Karloff, yeah. I, yeah. I remember growing up with that one as well, You know, watching both this one, the, the live action and the animated. Of course, the live action to me as a kid was always cooler because it was longer and there was more to it. But never, never forget the classics and never forget, you know, where it all came from, all the, the original, the roots. Yeah, the yeah. Original, yeah, yeah, man. I mean, that that's so original. I love the original story. It's such a deep story, too. If you look into Dr. Seuss's stories, they all have messages, you know, political yep. or otherwise. Um, and, and, you know, really, as an adult, you realize that more. You know, obviously, the Lorax is about environmentalism. Of course. Uh, and the Grinch is about, you know, consumerism and materialism. Uh, and I really think that that's poignant in, in today's culture. Don't you guys think? Absolutely, especially with everything that's going on, you know, uh, well, we have impeachment processes going on with our president. I mean, there's anything, right? <laughs> Don't we yeah. know it? Oh, yeah, ha- happy impeachment day, everybody. Yeah, there you go. We're, we're celebrating another holiday today. That's impeachment day. Happy <laughs> impeachment day. It's a national holiday now, I guess. <laughs> I guess if you don't know, we're recording on December 19th, the day that, you know, it happened. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, 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 we'll not go too much into that but yeah definitely the animated special in 1966 is is one to remember and of course more recently there was the 2018 movie simply titled the grinch oh yeah that Uh, was benedict cumberbatch right yeah the 3d animated feature film with benedict cumberbatch I haven't seen that one. Have you any of y'all seen it? I've, no, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, but have. doesn't Pharrell Williams narrate it? I am pretty yes. sure he's a narrator. I Hold on, let me pull so. it up. Damn, that's interesting. Pharrell Williams, really? Mm, yeah, he's the narrator. That's what it says right here. Pharrell yeah. Williams narrator voice. Yeah, well, what do you think, Cap? Can I call you Cap? Yeah, go for it. Uh, right. I actually, oh, my yeah. wife and I sat down to watch it. Uh, earlier in the season and it's streaming on netflix now so if you guys have netflix it is it's like a little less than an hour and a half and it's actually it's like more like the grinch's like day-to-day life like leading up to christmas right so it's it's got it's it's got its moments but it's not as like memorable as this one here so it has that forgetfulness aspect of it as well yeah, uh, I, that's definitely the vibes that I got from it. And I, you know, I haven't seen it, but I did a little bit of reading up, especially in research for the podcast. And all around, I heard people say it's not bad, but it's just it doesn't. It's not really groundbreaking. It doesn't really stand above this movie, or I guess justify its own existence. Yeah. And, well, it yeah. is an Illumination <laughs> movie, so I mean, take that, take from that what you will. Right. You okay. Know, yeah. Well, I think when I saw the trailer, I just wanted to go back to the original, you know, yeah. the old cartoon, the Jim Carrey movie. Right. Just, watch it with a grain of salt. Exactly, man. Just remember how it was 
for, yeah. for what it was, right? I'm such a huge fan of Benedict Cumberbatch, and I really think that, you know, just based on the clips I've seen, he's completely underutilized because, I mean, using that Smaug voice, he could make an excellent Grinch, and oh, yeah. they completely dropped the ball, I guess, with that because, you know, in the clips I've seen, he just sounds like a like a normal bloke. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, more or less. But, you know, we'll probably have some other time to mention other movies. <laughs> um, today's focus is, of course, on the 2000 live action feature film. Jim Carrey. Which is actually the first full length feature film adaptation of a Dr. Seuss book ever. That's good to know. Oh, yeah. I right, after, that. right after that was like uh, Mike Myers, Cat in the Hat. Oh, uh, Cat in the Hat. It's like, that oh, you messed terrible. up. We, we shall not speak of it. <laughs> we like, shall dude, not speak of no, it. Dude, no, you're trying to create the Grinch again. It's not going to happen. That's what they were trying to do because yeah. he even looked like him, the cat. Like yeah. they even tried to make him look like Jim Carrey's character. No, it was just, right. it was a bad idea. It, it was another Whoville, like a bunch it was, of things. It was dude. another Whoville. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, Horton Hears a Who. That was another movie. I think that was an animated movie though, right? Yeah. 3D animated. That was actually pretty good. And it was another Whoville set, you know, area. Yeah. And the Lorax. And the Lorax. Like, like you're not and those gonna, were good movies. The Lorax gonna, was really good. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you're not going to recreate you're the not Grinch. Gonna, not with the cat in the hat. You can't, no, you can't do that. Jim Carrey blows it away. That was kind of a knockoff. Even, I mean, Mark Myers, respected for what he is and what he does, but. Oh, Dakota Fanning was in that. She was. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. right. She Alec was. Baldwin. Oh, oh no, you're right. Baldwin. 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 Yeah. That guy's in everything. Dude. Okay, everything. he was also in Thomas and the Magic Railroad. So. Oh God, yeah. Again, you got to take it with a grain of salt. Sparkle, oh, sparkle, 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 sparkle. Yeah, fuck Damn. yeah, sparkle, motherfucker. <laughs> Thomas. Somebody's been yeah. watching their nostalgia critic. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. But um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely think. I mean, what do you, what do you guys think separates this live action adaptation of The Grinch? Jim Carrey, yeah, exactly, absolutely. Yeah. His, his performance alone <laughs> just like steals the whole movie. No, for, you're right. From yeah. what the cartoon was before that, because that's all it was. It was it was a cartoon before that. Yeah, it it pretty much is the movie, but also his relationship with Cindy Lou Who. That yeah, is yeah. interesting. Yeah. Like that also was really, really so, drives the story. So I guess Jim Carrey was the first person to bring the Grinch to life other than the cartoon. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, pretty much. As an actor, yeah. as a comedic actor, you know? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I agree. And, and believe me, we'll have plenty to talk about Jim Carrey's performance. And really, I think what makes this a more deep, sympathetic character Another, you know, striking thing to me about this movie, and maybe you guys will agree here, is, is you know, the setting. We've got this, and I, I can't think of a better word to describe than Susian, kind of steampunkish setting. There's mm-hmm. a there's a slight vibe. Okay, of there is there. right. A cat in the hat takes that to a further extent, and I know what you mean. It's that steampunk weird vibe where it's mm-hmm. like almost like you're in the fifties, but at the same time you're in this steampunk world. Yeah, I like, don't know what's going like, on there. Like a, see, the cat in the hat was like. A Tim Burton scissor hand. World, yeah, right? you know what I mean. Okay, yeah, and they yeah. and all have these weird shaped noses. Yeah. Like it, it's just that Hoovian style. Doesn't doesn't this feel like it, it could be a Tim Burton film? It was almost. He, he, right. he was. He was. You a, see how the town was? I'm sorry, Bo. He, the he town was, was almost a Edward Scissorhand town, right? Right. Well, he was initially tied to direct this movie. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's That's it's actually really interesting how that came to be because I mean, Theodore Geisel, Dr. Seuss himself, he did not want any type of feature films made from his work. I was unaware of that. That's good to know. No, but as soon as he passed away, his wife, uh, she became the executor of his estate and she started optioning off of some of his books and The Grinch was pretty much one of the first ones that they optioned off. Well, think. 
I think too that the Grinch is probably arguably the most famous of his works that he's ever done outside of maybe the Lorax and right. Cat Agreed. Yeah, yeah. Gr- so green eggs, green eggs and ham, sense. of course. Oh yeah. man, we yeah. Grew to love and love that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely his most well-known work. I mean, so yeah, that was among amongst the first that they actually optioned. I At, saw Green Eggs and Ham on Netflix. I haven't seen that yet. No, I haven't seen it, but like oh, I, okay. I, I, it popped across. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, that's yeah. That's a thing. It's a Netflix original. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, I read the book in first grade, and then our first grade teacher made Green Eggs and Ham. And we all had it. Whose first grade did teacher that? didn't make Green Eggs and Ham? Seriously, right? Right? Even, honestly. Even, but yeah, I, yeah. I was more of the nineties. You guys are like two thousand. I'm sorry. Do you okay. remember the book? Uh, it was it the Sneeches and other stories. I think do y'all remember that. I one? remember Cloudy <laughs> with a Chance of Meatballs before it was the movie when I was. Yeah, in, but like, is that first Dr. grade? Seuss? That's not Doctor Seuss. That's no, not Dr. it's Seuss, not. But no. you know what I mean. Books before like holes, right? You know. Yeah. Oh yeah actually reading the book when you were in school and then now it's a life a real life movie right oh yeah, yeah like and, and great gatsby something? exactly dude yeah that, yeah dude that was an english book i had to read like twice the great gatsby right but do you remember the sneeches there's another one where we were talking about where it has this theme this theme was actually uh it was against like diversity and segregation and racism it was a big uh, it, it was a big thing on that because there were different characters that had like a star on their belly versus like uh, a, what was the other? Oh, you yeah, know what I'm yeah, talking yeah. about. I think I do. I don't remember if you read that book when you were young, but that one really caught my attention when I was younger oh, because man. of that that diversity and Diver- that. yeah, diversification's been going along since uh, Star Trek and Star Wars. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doctor Seuss was definitely very active in, oh, yeah. in politics. Actually, he he definitely even though he told you know children's stories, he made his stories relevant to adult issues. And I would just love to think, you know, to see what he would have to say during, you know, current times like this impeachment process. You know what I mean? Right. What, what would Dr. Seuss say about this? What book would he write about this? <laughs> Who knows? Well, yeah, honestly, <laughs> it would be crazy. You know, of course, the other mastermind at work here in particular this film, uh, you know, and we mentioned before, you know, the directorship having been, you know, considered for Tim Burton, but ultimately it went to Ron Howard. Right, right. What, what are y'all's thoughts on Ron Howard just as a whole? Like, as a director, actor, slash writer? Yeah, yeah, just as yeah. a whole. You know what? I, I grew up with Ron Howard. Yeah, me too. Since yeah. the Andy Griffin show, you know, I watched a lot of Happy Days when he started in that. Yeah, yes. but his, his, That's good stuff. his first uh, directorial debut starring and acting was the Grand Theft Auto movie. Really? In uh, oh, 1977, wow. dude. And that was almost like gone in 60 seconds. What? They made a movie based off the game? <laughs> well, well, yeah, that's kind of before the game. I know. It was kind of like him getting hitched all the way to Las Vegas, Grand Theft Auto style. That was almost like Death Race 2000, the original one with Sylvester Stallone. You know? Yeah, yeah. He directed a lot of stuff. He did Solo, which Ash mentioned earlier yeah. today. Yeah, um, I've actually I've been rewatching that lately because I'm I'm getting hyped up for Star Wars, which is oh, coming yeah. out this upcoming oh, weekend. Yeah. And, All of us. And um, we're about to watch Rise of Skywalker, so I'm kind of doing my my watch through right now. I, I just finished the prequels, and now I'm doing Solo, and then Rogue One, and then the originals, and then the sequels. So. Yeah, he's also did what was it the Da Vinci Code, Angels and Demons, Inferno, all those movies. Have you, you know, have you guys ever seen the Cinderella Man? The Cinderella yes. Man is that something? Yeah, you, did? you know what I'm talking about, bro. So good, dude. There you go. Yeah, that that Woo. that final uh, boxing match at the end. Yeah. Oh, that, that man. was a real story. Yeah, I mean, Adrian. Yeah. No, that's wrong movie, that's dude. Rocky, I know, I know, <laughs> oh, movie. Man. You know, you said boxing, oh, so. Man. <laughs> but yeah, the direction was from that original director from 1979. Or, yeah, 
<laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, no, that was a real fight out of the 1930s, man. Really, wow. Yeah. And you can find that on YouTube. Do, do you think that that kind of shows through here? If you look at Ron Howard's other works, um, and and where he takes, you know, the direction in this um, adaptation, I mean, does does that kind of shine through? I think. Ron Howard as a director to me has never really 100% stood out. I mean, he makes good movies, but and he makes cinematically strong movies, but he's kind of not known for taking a whole lot of chances. And I feel that mm-hmm. The Grinch might be the first time that we're actually seeing Ron Howard take some chances with with his directorial style and with the the screenplay and whatnot. That's that's what I think here. Yeah, Ron Howard's always kind of been one of those directors that I feel like has diversified his voice and has made good movies, but I think at the same time he's never had that distinct style the way that Nolan does or the way that Hitchcock does or J.J. Abrams. For, yeah, J.J. Abrams. Um, yeah, yeah. Tim Burton, he's he's always been that kind of guy that he makes good movies, but like he's never had films that like really like stand out. Like even sitting here now, like I completely forgotten that he had directed Cinderella Man yeah. uh, or uh, like The Angels and Demons. And I'm, I'm sorry, he, like he, did, he did a beautiful I know, I know mind. You, I know what you're saying. Like what stood the test of time? I know what you mean. Like Alfred Hitchcock. I know what you, oh, exactly what Cinderella you're saying. Cinderella Man. Yeah. That's Russell Crowe. Oh, yeah, Russell, I know that gl- movie. The Gladiator, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know yeah. that movie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, you. I mean, that that's just uh, what's weird about Ron Howard's work is that I mean, you could take a look at a movie of his, just maybe like maybe five or ten seconds from it, and you couldn't tell it was a Ron Howard movie unless you just yeah. knew what that movie unless was. You right. saw the, yeah. the the credits, and it's like okay. So you're saying there's nothing yeah. really that makes him stick out versus any no, other. No, not movie. really. See, JJ Abrams was like the first Rocky and fucking uh, what was it, the Karate Kid, shit like that, right? Who was it? J.J. Abrams. No, he didn't do those. He didn't do those. No, J.J. Yeah. Abrams is. I, uh, I, fucked up. I fucked up. Star Trek, the the <laughs> reboot series. Yeah. Um, he also is doing Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah. Oh. He did every. He did. He did the Force Awakens, and he's doing Rise of Skywalker with Ryan Johnson doing Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah he's the only one. He's the one who's keeping it together. Jeez. <laughs> he's keeping Star Wars together. <laughs> Ryan Johnson may or may not have messed it up. We'll you, see. You realize. <laughs> you, you realize by now anybody could have done that, right? Shit. Pretty uh, much. <laughs> honestly though well with as big as the fan base is it's almost like the fan base knows better than any random director will you know yeah <laughs> i don't know star wars fan base is pretty yeah toxic. that's that's kind of neither here nor yeah. there true still, you got to be careful the with star these. wars is the disney fan base now so but yeah. you know what jj abrams did that it's probably yeah. the biggest thing was lost lost was jj nope. abrams's like baby oh the tv show the yeah. TV series, dude. yeah dude lost was amazing dude, dude. i was lost just watching that just show. watching lost right dude. i think that's his baby though honestly like that's that's such a good that's such a fun tv show that was kind of like that show that lasted one season was alcatraz dude it was like, <laughs> oh alcatraz yeah it was like yeah dude that came out like 2013 yeah 12 it, mm. yeah you were lost just watching that dude yeah. Yeah, J.J. Abrams is all right, but I mean, I mean, definitely compared to Ron Howard, he's way better. <laughs> right. Ron Howard. I, I oh, don't what, think Ron Howard's bad. Yeah, like you said, I mean, he doesn't have a distinct style, and I think that that's kind of the same here in, in some ways because obviously he, he relies a lot on the source material, and in my opinion, you know. But you know what? He does bring a lot of true stories to life. Remember that one race car movie, Rush, dude? Yeah. With... with uh, yeah. yeah, you know what I'm talking Chris about. Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Uh-huh. Oh he, yeah, he was the race car driver, dude. 
And that was real, like, uh, a British racing, you know, like Formula 1, Formula 2 series, man. Yeah. Like, Jesus, that was badass. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, he does a good job when it comes to historical uh, movies that uh, are based on actual fact. He I, does well on yeah, that. I think he tries to bring the story to life as much yeah. as he can, you know? Yeah. And, and he definitely yeah. did that, t- for the most part, here with The Grinch. You I, know? Yeah. That's what I think. I think he took the source material, which... Uh, Stays pretty faithful in certain parts, but for in, the most part, in other part yeah. ways, he expands on it and he adds to it. Um, and, and you kind of get this whole picture of of Whoville and, and the Grinch's lair on Mount Crumpet, you know, again, with that that Susian quality. Exactly. Yeah, go ahead, man. I think you need to do that because, you know, you look at uh, Bruce Tim when he went to do the killing joke animated movie say what you will about how it actually ended up but yeah you needed a he t- said in an interview that you know the film's only 64 pages or the book's only 64 pages and you need something that is going to make you feel a certain way when Batgirl gets shot and when Jim Gordon gets taken like like that needs to have an emotional linchpin to it so we're going to flesh those characters out right I see yeah. what you're saying. and that's when you like I would imagine that it's been a while since I've read The Grinch but it's it if I remember correctly it's only like a 30 page book so you really have to for an animated like short it did like they did in the 60s it works fine but as an actual movie, you need to have enough material that's going to make you th- sympathize, um, like you said, with the Grinch. You need to understand. You need to know why. Why do I want this character to really improve? Like, like why should I care about a character that is just stone cold? Yeah, I think that a huge part of that is Jim Carrey's performance. I mean, he injects a good little bit of humanity into the Grinch's character. He, oh, right. He does. Yeah. So 100%. Wasn't, like, wasn't, I'm sorry, Ash. What, wasn't I saying that was almost like fan of the opera? It's kind of like yeah. a monster, like wanting to become human, but, you know, everybody yeah. else for recognizing him as a monster. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot of fan of the opera, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, you're right. The Grinch in the stories, you know, was just kind of a mean-spirited character. But Jim yep. Carrey injects this this personality into this character that's lovable even when he's mean i'm kind of almost curious to like how much of like ron howard was just like you know what this is this is the saying this is this is the setting of the the scene like just do whatever you want jim carrey like like just improvise because it it definitely seems like you can see some scenes where he feels like he's improvising like the um it's too random method acting yeah just just let him do it let him do that there's (laughs) definitely a lot of improvisation like i know one scene was the the scene where he's uh i think that he's in his lair and he takes a uh, tablecloth and he tries to up in the uh, dining room table. And he does it successfully, and then he just knocks the rest off. Yeah, that was all improv because what was supposed to happen is all that shit was supposed to be knocked off when he grabbed it anyways. He was supposed to like try to do that trick and fail at it, but he actually succeeded at it. I noticed that, and I thought that was funny. It's actually actually one of the more memorable moments in that movie to me for some reason. Right, absolutely. That's one of those uh, actor studio stage actors right there. Yeah, straight up. It's like you just go with it, really. Definitely. I mean, no matter what the script says, just go with it. That makes you, you know. Would you oh, say yeah. this is Jim Carrey's best role, or what would you say his best role is? Shit. <laughs> I know, right? I, I mean, you got a lot. His, you've got Dumb and his, Dumber. Yeah. You've got Bruce Almighty. You've his got... best role? 
it got a lot of stuff, you know. You know we grew I, up with the mask. And oh, the mask. mask. Yes, I love yeah. the well, mask. Well, guys, what, what about the Truman Show? The yeah. Truman Show, yeah. That was one of his serious performances as a, a serious actor other than a comedic actor yeah, out, of the, out of the 80s. And, you know? and a scarily accurate movie as and well. It was brilliantly done. You know, he's the voice for Horton Who's a Who, right? Oh, he I is? Yeah. yeah. Sure. Along with Steve Carell. And, and Steve Count Carell's Olaf. And Count Olaf, that's oh, yeah, right. That's of course, great. Count Olaf. You can't forget that. Bruce Almighty. Lemony Snicket. Lemony Snicket. Which, well, he, he in my opinion, is, is the one thing the movie does you know better than than the TV series does. Is Jim Carrey is just. I know Patrick Harris is great, but Jim Carrey just Blows brings life into the role. I, I, that's what he does. He takes a character and he injects his own personality, and and you kind of just accept that. Kind of like how Hugh Jackman became his own Wolverine. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 Do you think he's going to do well as, uh, was it, Dr. Robotnik in Sonic the yes. Hedgehog? Do you think that's going to be Honestly, good? Honestly, even when yes. everybody was trashing on the movie and, and they were saying, you know, everybody was like, oh, this is going to be terrible because of the design, you know. The, everybody was saying Jim Carrey's gonna gonna basically carry this movie. Oh, yeah, he's going to carry it. People, like, All we, the way we were watching the trailers and we were like, okay, yeah, yeah, Jim Carrey is actually, like, actually doing really well here. Like, <laughs> it, I have a lot of respect for him as an actor. Too bad that, you know, he's kind of a, you know, and any vaxxer amongst amongst other problems with him he believes in a lot of weird stuff uh, we'll, we'll just go ahead and say yeah, that he's, he's <laughs> yeah. an artist he paints upside down i'm sorry but yeah <laughs> he can paint an assisting <laughs> assisting chapel i'm sorry he's, he's brilliant he's brilliant wow <laughs> you seen him you seen those youtube videos <laughs> oh yeah he's a brilliant actor too bad he you know believes in pseudoscience Scientific yeah. garbage and <laughs> Tom Jenny, Cruise, Jenny Tom, McCarthy, Tom Cruise bullshit. with Scientology. <laughs> oh, there you go, Tom Cruise. R. He's Kelly. a great actor, but R. Kelly. yeah, yeah. R. Kelly, Scientology. Oh my yeah. God. Tom Cruise coming out of the closet with R. Kelly. Oh, that's oh, South, South Park. Park. Yeah, South Park. Oh <laughs> that was good. God. I got your reference. I did. We got your reference. And John Travolta. Sorry. John Travolta. <laughs> Dear Lord. <laughs> Come out of the closet. One, I'm gonna shoot someone. Two. <laughs> I'm gonna cap this bitch. Three. Oh, that's so good, dude. Uh, <laughs> wow! Straight you know, South Park, Captain, you you're probably gonna you know notice we we go off the rails quite a bit. Here. I I see that more of a uh, improv class here, dude. Sorry, <laughs> it's, it's uh it's all good, man. Um, I talk like, but Robotnik is gonna be like his like almost like return to form because he hasn't done right. a whole lot of public things since like mainstream things since dumb and dumb dumb and dumber two, two like, yeah. yeah that was 2014 do you guys remember yeah. the number 23 that was like the oh. one serious role he was yes. in hey, besides yeah. the truman show that was the, the next yeah, yeah where he was fingerlink and he wrote a book about himself yes yes yeah. that was that was that was crazy and then his wife and son figured it out it's it a pretty Sparrow. crazy twist yeah, there see, spoilers guys spoilers for the number 23 <laughs> the number 23 is Basically, um, another serious role outside of the fucking uh, Truman Show, right? I mean, yeah, it was another serious role. Eternal, eternal sunshine. Oh yeah, yeah, eternal sunshine. Oh hell, that's a great movie. Oh, eternal yes. sunshine yeah. of the spotless mind. Man, y'all haven't seen that. Joel, he plays Joel Barish. I'm looking at the IMDb. Hey, that's the only reason speaking I can see of this. sunshine, did you guys notice how how little of it there is in this movie? Of actual oh, yeah. sunlight. Yeah, it it's. For a family, you know, holiday movie, it's it's dark, right? You know, as far as the actual color scheme goes. You have a good point. It's very, uh, uh, I want to say grotesque, but not really. You know what I mean? It's very dark, very um, low-themed. It's got this. It's not very, very 
yippy and 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 cheer cheery as it yeah, should. Yeah, that's why it kind of feels Tim Burton. It does. It feels <laughs> Tim like, Burton. Well, a, a big part of that is because of the color grading and the cinematography. Probably Anthony Hopkins voiceover. Like, yeah, uh, I mean that that adds to it. But narrating we're, we're everything. Ta- <laughs> yeah, we're talking about the look of it and the look of it. I mean, the colors seem a bit muted. You know, I mean, which is strange for a movie that's supposed to be this colorful. I mean, well. Isn't this supposed to take place like within like isn't the setting of Whoville like actually with inside of a snowflake? Yeah, that's right. That's, right. that's what it shows at the end. Okay. It zooms out. It's just like Horton Hears a Who where it's on top of a dandelion. It shows in the beginning. It so, shows in the beginning, right. Yeah. Yeah, Whoa. yeah. So 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 maybe that's kind of just an ethereal glow that just comes from living on a snowflake? I guess so. <laughs> I mean, at least in Pennsylvania, when it snows, it is not sunning. Yeah. Yeah, right. Not oh, sunny yeah, whatsoever. Yeah. So, in Philadelphia. Uh, I mean, like, I could understand some of the cinematography, some of the color schemes with it. Uh, but also, too, it, it seems to kind of get brighter as the, the sun comes wrench kind of nears towards his when climactic he, of when the he, three. Yeah, when he all of a sudden gets right. a heart, when he all of a sudden gets a heart, the sun just comes out. Yeah, you're right. Wow. And then yeah, Anthony Anthony Hopkins is like, yeah, okay. <laughs> His heart is twice as bigger. <laughs> I thought, uh, by the way, you said, you know, you don't see the sun a lot, but I thought it was always sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, I thought it was uh, too. God. I think only what Philly's cheesecakes. I'm sorry. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm not it. in Philly, so jokes on you. Oh, oh God! Oh. Well, oh. I, you know I didn't figure, but you know you watching said Pennsylvania, so. all the all the Rocky <laughs> movies. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean shit. We just got <laughs> done watching Creed too. So, yeah. But yeah, how does mm. how does the cinematography hold up to you guys, and especially you know how do those effects hold up today? Oh, the effects as far as the makeup and everything are incredible. Like especially mm-hmm. Jim Carrey's. Oh yeah. Jim Carrey's costume, which, by the way, was torture for him to really? put on and to wear. Exactly. Nope. Was, I bet. It was like yeah. putting on a new Planet of the Apes costume. It took hours. Dude. Oh, yeah. he, w- he was very cranky about it. He even yelled at a uh, makeup assistant who quit, and Ron Howard and the producer of the movie had to sit down with Jim Carrey and just be like, look, man, you got to... I know this sucks, but you got to lighten up on the help, man. You got to like, paint your face. It's like, least. we got we to do this. We got at least over four hours of makeup to do. I'm sorry, yeah, bro. It's funny. Yeah. So, so what he did is he actually had uh, somebody... Who is like uh, from a counter ter- from the counterterrorism uh, world? Who knows how to handle torture and everything? You know how to actually keep uh, people from uh, breaking under interrogation, and they had to teach him uh, techniques in order to work through the pain and the discomfort and everything. Yeah. Wow. It's like, dude, yeah. you, you might as well go to sleep and then we'll paint your face. Yeah. I mean, just the like, contacts alone that he had to wear. Green. I mean, red, those, he, yeah. those were painful. That went over the whole eyeball. Yeah. yeah. A lot of the effects in this movie are, are practical. Very there much wasn't so. a lot of special effects. There's no. some CGI if you really, really look for it, really? but it's, it's few and far between. Yeah, and, and some of the opening scenes in Whoville, like during the whole right. Christmas pageantry yeah. and everything. You'll see the background. Like, that, that's all a set, like a Harry, yeah, you, Harry Potter set. You know? if, if you look closely enough, you'll see some of it. I would imagine that, and like I can see that, but I think that the practical effects, like I, I was actually listening to your guys's suicide squad episode today yeah and talking about <laughs> killer croc on that one yeah. uh i i i enjoyed the the like the look of him like i i love practical effects i'm a what cheap 80s 
Nerd. Thank you. Oh, I like oh, to yeah. Yeah. Bo and I are as well. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Robert and I are right in that same so boat. So we probably have a lot to talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When, when it comes there, and I, I think that this uh, there's there's even a line where Jeffrey Tambor's mayor turns to Cindy and he's like, you know, you haven't even grown into your nose yet. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So, but I, I Christine Baranski doesn't have yeah. a nose either. So yeah, it's puberty, yeah. It's puberty pretty right. much growing your nose. Yeah, <laughs> they, they they just wanted uh, Christine Baranski to just look hot. Pretty much. That's why yeah. they didn't give her the nose. Uh, you know what? Little girl. What the fuck? <laughs> I was looking it up. And the Grinch was supposed to be up there for 53 years. Wow. So she would have been in what? Her 60s? I mean, I could buy the mayor being you know, that old and I could buy the Grinch being that old because we don't know how, how he ages. But well, Christine Baranski was an older lady even back then. But yeah, but yeah. she's oh, yeah. kind of so she milfy, you know, not, oh, you know, she's, she's very, very well. Guilty. Yeah. Guilty. Guilty. Oh, yeah, oh my terrible. God. Oh, yeah. Dude, uh, really? She has too much Botox. Oh, I mean, she's a, she's a, maybe, maybe Whoville's age slower than us. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually guessing yeah. that there is some kind of treat behind that. Like baby just Yoda. The, well, just due to the fact that they're microscopic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> Baby Yoda is 50 years old. Baby Yoda? Oh, by, by the way, here's an interesting thought. Okay, and this is, this is another tangent, but okay. In, in Return of the Jedi, Yoda says, nine, you know, nine, when 900 years old you are, something or other, right? He mentions he's, being nine, he's 900 years old, right? Mm-hmm. Baby Yoda's 50 years old and he's an infant. That's, you know, what? The equivalent of maybe one, one year old, right? Something like that. So if you do the math, Yoda died at the age of what? The equivalent of 18? Probably, I don't know. Is he a, a lip year? He's a lip year Yoda. Yeah. There you go. Um, Unless I mean they're, they're aging. I mean, I guess we're assuming that they age exactly proportionally to humans, and I guess that's the fallacy I'm making. But just, just, just a note that I, I was yeah. thinking about. Well, what, what do you think about like who's in the Grinch? Like, I mean, um, I think that the effects are are um particularly believable. Yeah. Um, Very much so. The Grinch looks great. I mean, that looks real to me. I was, I was honestly trying to look for Jim Carrey's face underneath. So was I. I had trouble. I had a lot of trouble looking for Jim Carrey's face underneath, especially with that that nose, that weird cat shaped nose. But, yeah. Which, but what's amazing about that, it's, that it's, is how it still allowed him so much expression. It did. There was a lot of ex- facial area. expression. That's a good point. Just coming yeah. off of the the Riddler and Batman Forever. Oh know? yeah. And then being Ace Ventura. You know. What I mean? Oh yeah. Cool. You know. You know what else is fun about this movie? Despite it being a family movie, the, the many, you know, innuendos. I like when he goes, you know, this baby looks just like your boss. <laughs> oh, my oh, goodness. Wow. That was so funny. <laughs> I had oh to God. I had to rewind. I had it just to make sure he says bitchin. He says bitchin. Just like he does. He says bitchin. Yeah. You, yeah, totally. <laughs> and I was like, is that is that kind of like the the F word rule in 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 you know, to, for a movie to be PG thirteen, can a movie be PG if it's just got one minor cuss word? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I haven't really brushed up on how the MPAA works. I mean, there's a documentary on it that I still haven't seen. I mean, but... Ice Age got away with the pun "damn," so I don't know. Yeah, uh, Shrek yeah. got away with ass. Yeah, Shrek got away with yeah. ass. Well, ass and you, yeah, ass you can say on live television. Really? Well, because yeah. he meant donkey, but it was an obvious pun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can say that on TV shows on live you television. You can, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But you can say shit on the Adult Swim now. There you so. go. Yeah. There's certain I mean, things you can say on live television. Yeah. yeah. Can but, you say I grabbed it yeah. by the... Um, what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're, not, we're not going that there. Now yeah, you get impeached for that shit. That's sincere just the way you did it. <laughs> yep, exactly. On television. 
I mean, you want to you want to start doing that? We may as well start dropping in bobs and, and <laughs> yeah, right. Honestly, though, canceled. Uh, yeah, may as well, right? <laughs> Jesus, may as well. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, I appreciate the cinematography in this. Another thing that really you know sticks out, and I think it, uh, an aspect of this movie that garnered a lot of praise was the musical score. I mean, we've got a new rendition of the "You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch," this time performed by Jim Carrey. I love the, his version, honestly. <laughs> I mean, it's it's, it's kind of off the rails, right? It is, man. I mean, especially visually. I mean, yeah. It's really oh yeah, crazy. yeah. The yeah, the the smiling part where they just zoom in is is kind of like uh really gross, which is the way that you're supposed to feel about the Grinch as a character. Like he's not supposed to be a likable character. So the fact that this film you can dislike him and like him in the same breath is kind of really good balance for the screenwriting, but I do agree. Like the score for this is absolutely phenomenal. Oh yeah, definitely. And um, you know, Cindy Lou Who's song, uh She's uh, for a child actor. She's she's actually not very good at singing. No. It, was, it, was, it was pretty Truthfully, bad, but it, it was kind of. But it's shady. a pretty song, you know. Yeah, where, where yeah. Well, yeah. well, compare that to what she's been uh, making lately. <laughs> Taylor yeah, Momsen. What to say? Yeah, just making that transition alone. It's pretty, it's, pretty, she's yeah. pretty much a straight rock star now. It's hard to make that transition yeah. from singer to actor, really. Too right. Yeah, yeah. yeah and that's then true. sing in a movie. And then yeah. still and still be an actor. Yeah, yeah. well, geez, look, look at look at Russell Crowe in the Les Mis. It's yeah, like, it's look a, at Jim Carrey though. It's look, a hard transition yeah. to try to be a sing. singer to an actor. Oh, yeah, Jim Carrey can sing. I didn't he know can. that, but he, he can sing. Um, he he does it almost as well, if if not, you know, maybe better than the original. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Which was not Boris Karloff, by the way. It was somebody Are you sure, else. Sure, it wasn't. It was not actually. It's commonly thought. That it was no, Boris Karloff. Boris Karloff narrated he was, it. He, didn't he narrated it. Movie. He didn't sing the song. But you know, he, you he know cannot Boris, sing, actually. You know Boris Karloff is Frankenstein, right? Yeah, yeah, Frankenstein. The original course. Frankenstein. Yeah. Monster movies. Yeah, but he did a lot of voiceover work like that. I think Albert Boris was, Karloff was did one of the Wolfman movies. It wasn't Long Cheney Jr., right? Remember that? Something like that. No, yeah. it's uh, Thurl Ravenscroft. Thurl Ravenscroft. You know how yeah. many Wolfman movies there were? Fuck. Yeah. Jesus. You're a wolf, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably damn am. I wouldn't deny it. God damn it. But um, but yeah, no, I I really like you know the ways that um, and we kind of you know touched upon this earlier, but the way that this film fleshes out the original story by Doctor Seuss. I mean, it's like you had mentioned earlier, Cap. We've got a basically a, a very short story, you know, originally, and, and in the original book, I mean, pretty much jumps straight into the plot of the Grinch stealing Christmas. This movie saves it for the end. So you've got a lot in between. Um, we've got additions and expansions of, especially the Grinch's backstory, which makes the character more sympathetic, right? It, it does, but it, it also kind of leaves a little glaring hole. Like it, it shows him pretty much hating Christmas from the beginning, uh, but supposedly the incident that happens at school with him and Martha May and everything, yeah. that's supposed to be the origin of his hatred for Christmas, but he clearly yeah. hated Christmas from the beginning to when be he honest, actually yeah. landed in Whoville. Right. I, I kind of feel like they... I, I, it's kind of like with him in the beginning, it's like he's kind of like not sure whether or not he likes Christmas or hates Christmas. And if he likes Christmas, he does not really sure as to why he's supposed to like Christmas. But if he hates Christmas, he's also not supposed to sure why he's supposed to hate it. Him and 
uh, Cindy Lou Who have very similar arcs at the same age as to yeah. where they're finding why, whether or not they should like Christmas. And it's, it's an identity issue. It's like, it's like saying like, uh, what's a notoriously like hated film. It's like saying, suicide squad. okay, suicide squad. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's well, well, a, it's basically we'll stick with suicide moment. squad. It's like, it's like, okay, well, I know that this film is notoriously hated, why is it hated though? And it's kind of your this journey of finding out. Okay, do I agree with the crowd or do I not agree with the crowd? And kind of forging your own ideas. And it's the the scene where there are the Christmas party as a kid that kind of really tips him over the edge. And for his character, that makes him hate Christmas. Is to say, okay, well, this is a traumatic event. And with traumatic event, I'm going to basically say, all right, this is the reason why I hate Christmas. It is the reason that someone that experiences a car crash might have issues driving a certain road or uh, like a- Donald Trump hates Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> and why an assault victim might not like to be around certain kinds of food or candy yeah, yeah, or yeah. whatever so i mean it they i they i agree they they do really flesh it out really well and they kind of give the antagonist or the protagonist of cindy lou some real purpose where as she was she for the majority of the the source material like she is the only she's really the only who who kind of gets a little bit of background but here they they really kind of take her to this journey of discovery of self, so to say. Right. It's, it's, yeah. like, it's almost like self actualization in a way. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of. yeah. She's very objective when she starts off because she's not just like you said before. She's not sure whether or not Christmas is supposed to be this something that we all are supposed to love or not whatnot. Especially because the Grinch doesn't like it. You know, the Grinch doesn't like it. So what's the big deal? What's going on? You know. Yeah. But she wants the Grinch to be involved because well, why isn't he involved and nobody loves him? And that's her her thoughts on it. So she's objective, and she wants everybody to be loved. And, of course, everything gets screwed over. The whole town gets screwed up because of the cheermeister situation. And she gets blamed for it, but she still, in the end, wants him to be, you know, part of Christmas. Yeah, why – and, it, it, again, it, it's being brought up, you know, wondering, why should I hate something? Why should I hate the Grinch? Right. That – yeah, that, that's really well-spoken, guys. Yeah. Um, and that actually was kind of one of my other points here that I have written down is uh, that's another addition or, or expansion here. Obviously, you know, the original story did, you know, touch on the consumerism and, and materialism, but Cindy Lou Who's search for the true meaning of Christmas amidst Whoville's commercialism, I think, is an additional aspect. Her her point of view here, you know, fleshes out the movie even more, adds some, you know, more in that she becomes the, you know, the deuteragonist here. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like what you said where, you know, in, in a way it parallels the Grinch's own journey. And it's kind of an antithesis to his character because obviously he went down a dark path, but Cindy Lou, who's kind of ultimately the one that brings him back into the light. Yeah, she's the heart of the story and she's the heart of the whole character arc between her and the Grinch. And and one of the only self-aware characters in the movie. Oh, completely self-aware. I mean, she, she's looking around at all this fucking pageantry and she's just like, what is how do I how am I supposed to feel about this? Yeah, shit? everyone you falls know? like like sheep in, in a herd, you know, but she's yeah. the only one who, who who ventures and questions, just like the Grinch, you know, the Grinch was that way. And so they that was a good point, like you said, they they parallel those stories. 
together. I, I can't help but feel so bad for her when she's uh, pointed out and ostracized by the mayor. I know. That's so I know. Sad. But then when her dad stands up for her in the yes. end, that's a good moment. And there are a lot of good moments in this movie. I like some of the additional scenes that are added, which I, I think add to the narrative because you've got you know several several scenes where the Grinch actually ventures into Whoville, one point where he just fucks with them. Oh, yeah. And then his his um, entry into the Hubilation, which in a way almost redeems the character. It's kind of this climactic moment where he starts to enjoy himself. You see this potential, and then all of a sudden, um, you know that dick hole of a mayor. Oh yeah, and at that what happens uh, there is one hundred percent the mayor's fault, just because he couldn't stand not being a dick for once. And then that's I mean that's kind of the crux of the movie right there because that's where he decides to steal Christmas is following that event. So you know that kind of adds a, an additional layer to the movie, and and we see this moment where he almost redeems himself, and then this is what sets him on the path. Yeah. 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 Um, that, that is, you know, the title of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Universal Pictures and Imagine Entertainment invite you to experience the magic of the classic story as it comes to life like you've never seen before. In a place where the Christmas spirit is everywhere. Have the best Christmas ever! Well, almost everywhere. Counting down the Christmas clock, old young people. This Christmas music, it's joyful and triumphant. Jim Carrey is... The Grinch. I must stop this Christmas from coming. From Universal Pictures. But what would I wear? And Imagine Entertainment. Forgot about the reindeer. Action! Some Yule tie jokes. Don't care. Maybe if you can reunite with the Who's and be a part of Christmas. Maybe if you can reunite with the Who's and be a part of Christmas. Grow up! If you think you know the whole story. What if it's all just a misunderstanding? This could change my entire outlook on life! Really? No. <laughs> you don't know Grinch. Flesh is nuts! I'm going to throw up, and then I'm going to die! Jim Carrey. No! <laughs> In a Ron Howard film. <laughs> the Grinch. Uh-oh! Somebody's fabulous! So I think that was really good. I, I really enjoyed the fact of, I think that's why this movie excels because, you know, I think you were saying the other Grinch movie kind of, you know, it's kind of the day to day life. And this one turns it into a feature length film. It adds the necessary character developments and story developments that turn this into, you know, a simple children's story to a family film. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, what did you well, feel about a uh, Clint Howard's performance, Ash? <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean, me and Clint. That's Mexican for death, Howard. Yes, that's that. That's a good thing. House of the Dead. Bro. You know, here's a weird thing. 
you know, and actually, I'm, I'm this is right where we were about to kind of talk about the cast and then the performances. So I'm glad you guys mentioned this, but the entire Howard family seems to be casted here. They do. I mean, yeah, uh, you've got Clint. That's Mexican for death. Howard. <laughs> <laughs> you've got Rance Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard, who I did not know. I was unaware of that. Was, either. was the daughter of of Ron Howard. And 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 she she makes a very, very brief uh, appearance and and I didn't even recognize her. She's I think she's still a kid and and it's it's a random role. You've also got Jeremy Howard unrelated. No, seriously, there's there's another random ra- random there, role there, here. J- J- Jeremy Howard, uh, I think uh, Cindy's brother. And there's no relation. Uh, there's no relation. <laughs> I, I looked it up. Wow. Um and and of course Ron Ron himself makes a cameo actually. Who who is he? Another random. Who, who? Oh, I'm 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 gonna have to like really 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 look hard for him. Just like the Cinderella Man. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was in the Cinderella Man briefly. Yeah, yeah, but the yep. son, the father, yeah, the father, the son, yep, yep. son, the father. Yeah, Ron Howard's always gonna put his brother in those his movies. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. does he? Yeah. Always. Ron Howard and Clint Howard. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much a given with his movies, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. You're, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, in regards to the characters and performances, obviously, you know, and we, we've we've talked about it already a lot. Jim Carrey steals the show. Yeah, um, a lot of that might be improvisation. Um, a lot of it might be method acting, improv. Yeah, yeah method yeah. acting. A little, yeah. a, 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 some good direction. Um, obviously, taking you know, like I said, taking a character who was more um, one-dimensional throughout most of the story. Still a dynamic character because he does change, but yeah. taking that character and actually making him a dynamic character throughout, um, you know, like we said, his backstory makes him more sympathetic, and and he himself being a personality, it really vibes with a lot of us millennials today. It's yeah, been kind of yeah. turned into a meme, right? right. The whole self loathing at, at ten, and the you know. <laughs> also, is it just me, or is there a little bit of a meta angle to some of the? stuff that Jim Carrey touches on in this movie. Like, like for instance, that whole scene where he is obviously ragging on Ron Howard himself, you know, where he's Dude, trying. That is one of the best scenes in this movie. It really is. Seriously. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, and all that was improv and Ron Howard loved it. I mean, and he was like, no, that's going in the movie. What are you referring to? When he's uh, talking to Max, trying to get him to fill the role of uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Kind of like uh, Nightmare Before Christmas when he puts on the red nose (laughs) and the antler. (laughs) So Nightmare Before Christmas, dude. Pretty much. You know, (laughs) another allusion to uh, Tim Burton. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there you are. Exactly. Definitely. You know, if someone else were were to make another um, adaptation, which obviously at this point would be completely unnecessary, but... If we hadn't have gotten the 2018, I think I would have I would have I would have actually given a shot to a Tim Burton. Maybe maybe a little bit later down you the know, road, down the road uh, though. You know he would have used Johnny Depp though. <laughs> oh, and of course. And, and he would have put and, him with his wife Helena Bonham. Helena, Helena, Helena Bonham, Bonham Carter. Carter. Yep, of course. Of course. You got to have him that together. dude has some kind of sick fantasy. Yeah, like I think does. he legitimately wants his best friend to fuck his wife. I, I think so too. Do you think he's a couple? <laughs> Oh man, dude! I, I bet he is. I, I bet. I bet he fucking gets off to that. All right, you, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> yeah. Tim Burton is a cuck. Oh, oh my god, god. Damn, dude! <laughs> fucking hell! Damn it! But um, you know, in many ways, the titular Grinch is also <laughs> tit. Uh, uh, god damn it, leave. Dakota! Go, damn it, go. No, the um, the eponymous character of the Grinch. 
I guess I'll, 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 I'll use that, that terminology instead so you can't make fun of it, is, is, is defined by the relationships in this movie. Uh, I guess chief among those being Cindy Lou Who, played by Taylor Momsen. For, for a child actor, I mean, I know I ragged on her singing earlier, but she's, she's a good actress. Yeah, she really grounds this movie in a way that certain other actresses her age just couldn't really achieve. You know, you know there was one scene in particular which was really, really important to this movie, and it was when she says, um, I was just trying to save Christmas. Um, I think that's what the word the words were, and she says it in a very hushed voice, a very quiet. In fact, you can almost barely hear it, but you know what she's saying, even with even if you don't have subtitles. And that's really good moment because it's very quiet and it's somber. And I don't think there's any music playing, but you can barely hear her saying that. You can hear her, her how upset she is because I just wanted to save Christmas. It was, very, it was whispered. It was hushed. It was it, it was good. I think that was Ron Howard's point. I don't know if that was you know Taylor Momsen doing that quietly on purpose if she felt actually ashamed. Or if that was, you know, her acting, but whatever it was, it was good. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she she had a very subtle approach to her performance oh, that yeah. I liked, you know, which which I mean, let's face it, this is a very unsubtle movie in <laughs> yeah, many I ways. Mean, <laughs> I mean, don't don't you think so, Cap? Yeah, I totally agree. And I think too, with I think this time of year, like we all it's we just put out an episode on Hanukkah not that long ago on our show and like one of the things that made me want to put out a Hanukkah episode is because I think that this time of year is we we just kind of default to Christmas like it, it's just the, the right. societal norm and when yeah. you look at Whoville it's Whoville operates almost the same exact way as Halloween Town and the fact of it's like come December 26th it's how many more days did we have until the next Christmas like, right you know, it's, yeah it's, you're right Christmas it's is their only passion yeah, it's it's something that they're they're doing, and uh, that's what I, one of the things I really admire about the whole arc of Cindy Lou Who throughout the course of this film is that she's wanting to understand something deeper in life and wanting to understand why she should care so much about this holiday. And I, I think sometimes that it, it around this time of year, I feel like the older I get, the more that personally for me that. Christmas is less about the gifts and it's more about the community embrace. And you can really kind of see that. I think that that's really what ultimately ends up fleshing out that the character of the Grinch isn't necessarily the act that, you know, they, they weren't singing because if you remember in the source material, their response is to sing the who anthem before uh, the Grinch kind of, comes to his realization and his heart grows three times the size. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In yeah, this yeah. film, everyone's like, oh, dude, where's Christmas? Where's our gift? Santa robbed us. And it's, it's their prayer, pretty much. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Cindy and Lou's like, like what, do you, what do you mean? Like, this is not the, the reason that Christmas exists. Like, it's, it's community. It's surrounding yourself with family. It doesn't matter if we lose everything. It matters that we all have each other. Exactly. Right. And that, yeah. that's the reasoning behind why the Grinch in the first place goes up to his mountain as a kid, you know, and, and spends 53 years on top of this mountain. And that's because, why his heart grows. Right. He yes. thinks it's all about the materialism. He, gro- he grows and, to understand. Yeah, he grows what to Christmas understand is all about. What, what's yeah. going on. And, and Cindy Lou shows that to him because she doesn't even know herself, but she kind of figures it out with him. Yeah. You know, that, well, if, you know, if we're supposed to love each other and I'll be here this time of year, then why isn't the Grinch here? He's watching them pray, yeah. pray at the end of the mountain. There you go. And he's like, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm going to turn it. I'm going to turn it all around then. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm gonna give them back their stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's it's quite a uh, change of heart, honestly. Yeah, yeah. definitely, I mean, and and it happens in an instant. But all, all the foundation is laid there. I think so. Actually, I think the way that they portrayed that particular moment is a lot better in this because, I mean, in the original, he literally just switches from you know yeah. from being mean and vicious and everything it's to like just a being bulb. a total sweetheart yeah, it's like a light bulb yeah but right once he soon as soon as he sees that prayer then his his heart turns like three times as bigger or whatever the fuck yeah yeah is, right? but i mean here like even though he does grow and even though his heart he does gain a lot more uh, a lot more of his heart back you know his heart grows and everything uh -huh. he's still the grinch i mean right. he still has the same vices he, he still has the same cynicism goofy asshole he, you know he's, what I just, mean? he's he's just yeah. he's just a <laughs> lot more agreeable now right you know and and he he quickly you know he tells his he invites max up and he says i love you max and then just as quickly you know okay okay that's enough yeah <laughs> right yeah yeah it's like small steps baby small steps, steps. yeah and, 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 that, that's, and that's what it takes to grow as a person sometimes. It's just small steps. I mean, just making small concessions or small steps forward, it's you know? It's just the littlest things is what it is, really. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And what was with all those hairstyles, man? Everybody's hair was fucked up. Like, <laughs> pompadour, greasy. Yeah, they like... They, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, between the mayor, Clint Bauer... I mean, Clint Bauer, Clint Howard, and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and Cindy Lou. I mean, they all had weird hair, man. Everybody, yeah. It was weird. Another um, important relationship, of course, um, you know, for the Grinch is that of uh, Mayor Dickhole or Augustus Ugh. Mayhew, played by Jeffrey Tambor. Which, by the way, screw Jeffrey Tambor as well. Oh, that, yeah. dude, that dude's uh, he had some allegations come up recently that was not too great. Who you think you think he was on Epstein's Island? I I, I hope not. <laughs> Who are we talking about? Uh, Jeffrey Tambor, the Jeffrey mayor. Tamer. Oh, yeah, he, yeah, really? Yeah, he's had some allegations come up, unfortunately. So, I mean, that kind of colors his character. I mean, it makes him a little more hateable, I think. <laughs> and, and he is. He's the character you love to hate, um, yeah. which a lot of people would have felt may have been the Grinch. But uh, in, in this case, um, you know, the, the character, and I really like the addition of this character. Yeah, um, because, you know, he's a bully to the Grinch as a child and ultimately one of his major motivations for his hatred of the Who's and Christmas. Um, and he's still a dick as an adult. Yeah. Like, like, look at what happens uh, at the uh, whole Christmas Jubilee that they have where he's uh, the Hubilation. The Hubilation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he fucking sticks it to the Grinch at the end, not only with the razor, but also with proposing marriage to Martha May. Which, by the way, they were together for fifty-three years, right? He, she was his girlfriend in, in school, and he just decided now to marry her. Yeah, that's a little odd. But no, they that was specifically yeah. as a middle finger to the Grinch, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And she holiday. kind of is awestruck, doesn't really know what to do with that. Holiday cheermeister, remember that? Yeah, holiday cheermeister. Yeah, yeah, and he and the mayor totally fucked that up, bad. Yeah, so Grinch fucked it up. Fucked even his more, whole so. moment up. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was his moment right there. Yeah. You only get one moment, bro. Like Eminem, dude. Yeah. So, do you guys think that he was the uh, he was the guy that put the anti like holiday spirit term of Grinch in the Who dictionary? Probably, because I mean, I don't think we have any uh, indication that he was called the Grinch like at that time. You know, I mean, that's a good point. Did, did we did we really yeah. see anybody actually call him by his name when he was a kid? 
The Grinch. They he, they call him the Grinch. They do. Yeah, he wrote. He sure? has a little name tag that says Grinch. Oh, okay. The then. teacher says Mr. Grinch. Okay, then I guess guess the Grinch. Yeah. Which, which is kind of you know obviously the nannies that raised him named him they they named him the Grinch. Yeah, yeah but more than likely, like even though he was named the Grinch, he probably yeah the mayor probably did kind of. Well, he probably coined that term. Coined his name being a word that means like oh uh, like Scrooge. Yeah, you know basically, what I mean? basically like a smear against him. Right. Yeah, well, know. this is like yeah. you know Doctor yeah. Seuss is the Scrooge. I mean, this is his own version of that situation because yeah, you yeah. got this character who hates Christmas and you, all these characters that bring him back to it. So it's the same kind of story. This old yeah. guy, he, right? Here's the deep moment, okay? They have this book of who, right? Which has some, you know, ultimately has some good messages in it, but is misinterpreted. Yeah, purposely. Yeah, cherry-picked. Isn't isn't that very similar to, you know, also a, a real-world book that's that's held up by a lot of, of people, but, uh, you know, quite uh-huh. often... You know, misinterpreted and and used for for agendas. That's a good point. Yeah, pretty much any religious scripture you can think of. I Actually, mean, yeah, pretty much any religious All scripture. Right. For fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> that, um, that that was, I think that was particularly poignant. That that was I think you know, and I don't remember the book of who being mentioned in you know the original source material. So I, that may have been you know, and and especially the way it's used here, that may have been an addition. Yeah, I mean, well, there's some satirical underpinnings to this movie when you really kind of scratch at the surface a little bit, you know, and, th- and that's some of that minor little bit of satire there. Yeah, and of course, the other important relationship is Martha May Huvier, uh, Christine Baranski. Mm-hmm. Um, it was definitely a very layered character. She de- she kind of seems a little bit materialistic and um, full of herself, but she's the only one that actually, you know, saw the Grinch as a person. Yeah, it, her, her, it, and her and Cindy Lou. Yeah, right. and it's weird too mm-hmm. because it's like you said they give her off, especially in the beginning when they show uh, Cindy Lou's mom uh, hanging up lights, and then Martha's hanging up lights with her new amazing gun that can put up the lights immediately. You know, <laughs> like and you yeah. see that and you're thinking, you know, okay, so she's a materialistic bitch. Like so that's what you're supposed to think of her in the beginning. And they portray her that a little bit because the right. first thing she says about the Grinch is what he he did, he can't color coordinate or he something. Can't color coordinate, yeah. And, and she comes off as a little ditzy and whatnot, but. But you can tell underneath it, you know, she's she's got a heart. And that's why I say she's kind of a layered character. Layered, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and she's somebody that, you know, again, was the only one that saw the Grinch um, differently than everybody else, you know, growing up. His muscles. Yes. Oh, my God. That, that <laughs> moment is kind of creepy. It's actually. cringy. He, he, he's talking about, she's talking about literally like a five-year-old kid or a, or a little kid. It's like, oh, my God, man. Really? I, I think it was eight. He was eight, an eight-year-old yeah. kid. It's like, wow, Jesus Christ. Yeah, and she's like still fantasizing over it. That's it's a little weird. Yeah, it is. But, I mean, it still feels uh, right for her to, you know, end up with the Grinch in the end. Is that borderline pedophilia? I don't think. I don't know, dude. <laughs> I, I maybe, don't know. Maybe, 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 maybe she should go to Epstein's Island, too. There you go, <laughs> God damn it. That's that stupid fucking island. But yeah, Martha May Huvier, another another uh, interesting character here, and of course we can't go without mentioning uh, Anthony Hopkins, the narrator. Yeah, Ooh, so good. Oh man, it's so perfect, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean he he gives gravitas to his uh, reading of the story. Oh it's yeah, just, for sure. You know, I think he has to be on my list now. In my life, I want you know p- narrators from my life. Okay. Morgan Freeman, exactly. James Earl Jones, yeah, and and Anthony Hopkins. There you go. 
Wow, that sounds like those would be three entirely different movies. To <laughs> yeah, they do. On. They do sound like three different <laughs> you movies. Know, I mean, s- seriously. You know, Samuel L. Jackson could be a good narrator, too. Once again, another entire, <laughs> entirely, entirely different. different. Hey, <laughs> motherfucker. You're, you're forgetting Martin Sheen, too. Oh, oh Martin yeah, Sheen. Yeah. That's a good one. There you go. Yeah. But, guys, how do you think, you know, how the Grinch stole Christmas, um, you know, as it's seen today, does it hold up overall as a film? And, and what cultural impact, you know, does it continue to have? For millennials, yeah, exactly. Were you gonna say something, Cap? I uh, yeah, I I think this this holds up fairly well. I think this is kind of the ver like I feel like every generation there's like one film that you kind of constantly refer back to. The '40s had "It's a Wonderful Life" that has these really deep the, the- uh, thematic themes and just conversation starters that really just need to be had again and again about you know value and worth and and purpose and then the 80s brought us uh a christmas story yeah uh which is another classic but i think with this the with jim carrey and even to an ele- to a lesser extent i think elf is another great example of like elf. modern oh yeah <laughs> We have to do Elf as a holiday special. Yeah. No. Um, uh, you mentioned It's a Wonderful Life, and that's a classic James Stewart movie. That's, that's yeah. a brilliant movie, yeah, man. Yeah. Jesus. But I, I think too that this this film has a lot of themes that, it, for me as a as a viewer, the thing that really sticks with me is how can I experience a film or a television show or a book or a video game. How can it impact me emotionally? And I think there's a lot of themes here that uh, of you know I- identity and community and treating your neighbors you want to be treated, um, but also too like not even judgment and prejudice because there's a lot of prejudice against between the Who's and the Grinch in this film, and that even you know could borderline against something like hating someone because they have a different political party and you hating someone that uh you know you might be straight but uh being uh homophobic or transphobic or or even racism or sexism or classism i think the prejudice that the grinch experiences not only fuels his hatred in this film but i think it kind of also gives this underlying tone of almost justification uh of for why he kind of can do what he does but then it also when you spin that it also kind of gives you the the lesson or the you get to walk away with you know basically forgiveness and learning how to let go of bitterness as well so these are really important themes that i think are littered throughout the course of this and then when you put the amazing just characters and beautiful world uh, of the grinch and the the soundtrack into this it makes it a really lasting film that i think has endured for generations for specific reasons yeah i mean it, it, it's hard to believe that this movie is already almost 20 years old now oh yeah i sure. mean seriously it 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 holds up amazingly well and Dang, honestly make me feel old. I, this kind of brings me to a point that i was thinking about that that this movie is kind of analogous to another holiday movie that was for a different holiday that was originally maligned upon its release but eventually became like an integral part of that particular uh holiday and 
I kind of feel like it's analogous to Hocus Pocus and how oh, Hocus right? Pocus. I mean, that's does, such a it, good movie. Doesn't dude. it kind of? Ha- I mean, is the is this movie like the Christmas version of Hocus Pocus? Absolutely, one hundred percent, dude. I watch I Hocus so. Pocus every Halloween, dude. Yeah, every Halloween, and it's but, such a good movie to 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 talk about. That's another one we need to do in the podcast. That'll yeah. be fun. And, 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 and that's that's and, and that's another uh, movie that really captures the uh, essence of the holiday. Of the that holiday. It, that it's representing absolutely you know and to me the grinch is very similar to that you know it's funny yeah. you said hocus pocus and i almost said it i had that thought in my head i yeah. was like he's thinking halloween exactly no, that's good, dude. exactly and, and that that's kind of what i feel like th- this is a movie that it it became a cult classic but now it's just a it's just a integral part of christmas see this me, is a christmas you know? movie just like die hard is a christmas movie and just like lethal weapon is a christmas movie i know what you mean i know what you mean because like, right at the end of star wars holiday special right at the ending of like hocus pocus and the grinch you see the sun come up yeah, yeah and that's, that's like right. a defining moment right. to right. where it's like okay christmas is almost over or halloween's almost over so yeah yeah this is it right here damn yeah definitely what do you think about that cat yeah, absolutely. I think that this is. Uh, you guys said it perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, you said it perfectly, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I guess you know we're we're kind of inching towards the end here. What are your guys' you know final thoughts on this? Starting with you, Bo. Oh man, I love this movie. I love the humor. I love the characters. I mean. There are some flaws with the cinematography and everything, but ultimately, I don't think that it really detracts that much. I mean, I love the set design here. I mean, Jim uh-huh. Carrey is amazing, and everybody else does a great job in their role, you know, like especially Taylor Momsen. Yeah. I mean, it, this movie has so much heart to it, and honestly, I, I can't help but just like watching it, you know? I mean, like like... Last night, I was watching a bunch of reviews for this movie, and there was a good little mixture of attitudes on here, and I I came across the Nostalgia Critic's take on it, where she does this whole rhyming thing, but he thinks this movie is shit, which is fair enough, but it's like... I, I mean, I don't think that he's looking at it the right way to me. I mean, mm-hmm. this, is, this is a movie that really has a great themes, you know, great values, and... A- Quentin Tarantino thinks his movies are fucking crap, too. Or Quentin True. Tarantino doesn't like it you either? Know, some actors don't even like watching themselves act. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I imagine Scorsese probably has something to say about it, too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he does. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. He's, 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 a, he's developed some pretty phenomenal films, but this guy goes around talking like he can define what cinema is or isn't. I don't know. Maybe he kind of can. Scorsese. Guys, he's just, what, what's, what is our tagline? What is our tagline? Good movies, bad movies, bad movies, and everything, everything in between. between. In between in the world. That's right. There, there is no definition of cinema. Cinema is an art. Cinema, cinema is a, a continuum. Is, cinema yeah. for us is low budget. So. Yeah, right on. And that's what they started out with, right? Yeah. What about your final thoughts, Robert, on The Grinch? Jim Carrey's performance or the cartoon? How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the 2000 film. Yeah, I remember picking that up from the flea market in Poteet, Texas. There you go. <laughs> on VHS, yeah. man. And outside of the the cartoon that was aired every year for like Cartoon Network, remember? Yeah, yeah. They, they the, had it on Cartoon Network. Now they have it on TBS. Yeah, see. More or less. See, Still a Turner. See, I channel. remember when the Jim Carrey version was the brand new series off of that. And 
Yeah. It's like everybody couldn't wait to get their hands on that and just see what Jim Carrey's performance would be like. Yeah. But, well, I mean, you remember the mark, the initial marketing leading up to that movie. Yeah. You just simply had his hand come in, grab an ornament and grab something. You didn't even see his face. So when, yeah, when you it was just when his you, hand, when you saw it. the smile, like when he did it and he scratched the onion on, underneath his freaking armpits. armpits. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, okay, there's that smile. There's the Grinch. Yeah. That, that that that's like what five four six hours of work just in the making them smile dude wow seriously jesus christ i yeah. i thought that was phenomenal for what it was i mean yeah it's it's really it, really it brought the cartoon to life for what we're used to seeing you know what I mean? yeah i think this movie had a lot of rewatchability like both said um it's a very it's a christmas staple now it really has become that for all of us really yeah. i mean i grew up this movie this was made what a year after i was born so i mean this was this is something that i've seen since i was born you know yeah, Dakotas, yeah, Dakotas christmas. are young in here yeah, at least, yeah, at least every christmas right yeah at least every christmas before Fuck the cartoon yeah. Yeah. yeah i also noticed a lack of room references this episode what's going on guys what the, the fuck room? had one where not a single our, one where's our room reference hey, where's our ding he's um, not james oh, dean um, oh hi mark oh hi oh. mark question <laughs> mark yeah oh, right? hi <laughs> Oh my lord! <laughs> I, I just feel like I had to insert that there because we haven't had one. So yeah, we yeah. haven't done a room reference. Jesus so. Christ! What's wrong with us? Mm. I I can't. For shame! It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> God damn it, man! <laughs> it's like, well, I, we at least touched upon it. <laughs> we will never forget you, Tommy. Wiseau. And I'm and I'm dying. <laughs> and I'm dying. And I got the results back. I have breast cancer. I definitely, I definitely, definitely have, have breast cancer. <laughs> yes. Damn it. All right. All right. You're good. Captain Nostalgia, final thoughts? Uh, I, I agree with a lot of you guys. I think this is a Christmas classic for a number of reasons. I remember growing up on everything about this movie from the way that Jim Carrey's smile. There's a there's a great freeze frame right in the middle where the camera is like slowed down just to kind of see his smile. Just yeah. get that grin, right? You know what I mean? I've seen that pictures is- of that specific grin on just like Google. You know, you'll see it for the movie and I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that that is just a a cinematic frame that has just stuck with me since I was a kid. That's Jim Carrey, man. And- That's all him. I love Jim Carrey in this role. Like Jim Carrey, Taylor Momsen, uh, even some of the, you know, Clint Howard and Jeffrey Tambor. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, Christine's lead, the lady whose name I cannot pronounce the last name. <laughs> Baransky? Baransky? Uh, yeah. <laughs> that one, Leonard's mom. I, I just, I love uh, literally everything about this film. And this has kind of been a film that I have never really sat down to, take apart uh to to say whether or not i would like like it or hate it just because i i at this point in my life i've seen it so many times it's just part of your life right? yeah 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 well it, that's important to know about this because i think every single one of us used the words growing up at one point so we all watched this growing up we all everybody had that so, I, I think there's a lot of people uh, in the world I, who feel the same way I, I was a little older when this came out i was in my late teens but even right. then i was still stoked for it because i mean i grew up with the original grinch story and everything so yeah. I mean, once I saw the uh, teaser trailer, I'm just like, oh, finally. Yeah, it's about time, right? <laughs> it's about fucking time. I don't know. Did it, did it kind of get that backlash that we, we, we see with a lot of the, the Disney remakes now? Now people just kind of accepted it, right? I guess because that was the big wave, the first big wave of those movies. You know what you I know, mean? I don't mind that. I'm not, I'm not like, I don't know why people hate that so much. Like, if you don't want to watch it, 
just don't watch it. I mean, if, if you want to keep watching right? the original, you can. I mean, yeah, it's Warner's, yeah. right? Nobody's forcing you I to watch so. a remake. If, if it, yeah, it's Warner's, so it'll ever, it'll forever be itched. Oh yeah, in yeah, a, in a cinema history. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What about you, Ash? What are your final thoughts? What are my final thoughts? Um, you know, kind of what we we've been saying throughout this thing, and and basically what you guys also said. I, this movie is is a part of my childhood. It, it, essentially, you know, it we consider it, you know, a minuscule part of our identities because it's so integral to our understanding of Christmas, especially if, if you did actually grow up like, you know, with this movie um, like I did. So, you know, I, I like the... I like how it differentiates differentiates itself from other holiday movies, you know, and from other Christmas movies. It's not another Hallmark film. It's definitely um, a deep, you know, look at the true meaning of Christmas, and and that's that's important. You know, I definitely think that Dr. Seuss continues to teach lessons that are relevant today. Absolutely, today, today, um, and, and this movie is no exception. You know the. Uh, you know, materialistic culture, which, you know, we all fall into me, you know, myself, I, I love technology and I love, um, you know, I fucking love this, this MacBook and this, you know, I iPhone that are sitting in front of me. Um, and, and I love the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm fixing to, I bet you do because they're cordless, yeah. <laughs> but you know, sorry, you know, <laughs> you're fine. but you know, in a sense, um, we start to lose, you know, the meaning of what it means to to be a community sometimes, and I think it's important to balance that. Um, you know, in the end, the Grinch gives back those gifts, yeah. So everybody does get to enjoy them, but you know, before that happens, everybody remembers what it's like to be um, a family again. Yeah. So it was important that the, the Grinch community. stole Christmas. I mean, it was integral to their to their growing up. Well, he says that. I'm glad the Grinch stole Christmas, right? right? I'm glad the, he stole our gifts. And and I think that's really poignant. Um, I think I've used that word three times. <laughs> he, he did that to remind him where they all came from. And yeah, it's not only the 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 fundamental stuff, the yeah, the little things. It's the Christmas. It's the Christmas spirit. It's what's going to bring go. us alive. Yeah. You know, yeah. he taught them, and he taught himself, and he taught the viewers. Exactly. Um. And, and again, I love how this movie brings to life, um, the original story, uh, and flushes it out. So, uh, I, I enjoy the the three dimensional aspect. It, of that. it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't the yeah. sentimental things that mattered. It was just all of them being together on Christmas. It's what's really brought them together. Yeah. 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 Dabudor is. Yeah. Exactly. Dabudor is. Or like, like, uh, or like, to be You know, until I watched the movie just now with subtitles today, I never knew what the fuck they were saying. I didn't either. I still don't. Hearing you say that, I still don't know what you're saying, guys. Honestly. It's it's still gibberish, but at least I understand what the gibberish is. Yeah, exactly. It's jabberwocky. It's like Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Was it the, the, the scene where they where they hit themselves with the book? Oh yeah, that. Oh that's yeah, it. yeah, that's Latin. That's Latin though. But yeah. they, still, it's another one of those situations. What are these? Domine. Dona Yeah, that's I took Latin, so I know you know. Yeah, yeah. I can kind of pick that apart, but I'm not going to right here. Um, but yeah, 
holiday greetings. You know, again, happy, um, happy Merry e- Christmas, Happy Christmas, Happy Easter, Happy Hanukkah, <laughs> <It's just> no. <laughs> Easter. Wrong time of year, um, Robert. Come on, hey, Happy Yuletide, Happy Kwanzaa, yeah. um, whatever you celebrate. Happy New Year's Eve, Happy Easter. Make it happy. <laughs> um, yeah, might as well ha- give him a Happy Halloween while you're at it, Robert. There you go, Happy Halloween. Yeah, Happy Fourth of July, Happy Kwanzaa. <laughs> Fuck it all. You know what? It's it's. Um, it, it's a celebration wherever you're at. Yeah. Um, also, you know, a happy new year because the next time we see you is going to be in, in January, right, Bo? Oh, yeah. And what, what can we expect from Collateral Cinema in the new year? Uh, I won't be here, so. Oh, whatever. Oh, you are totally going to be here. Uh, um, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking that the next movie that we are going to do is going to be The Fifth Element. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. As well as, uh, I'll be yeah. leading on that episode as well, yeah, actually, because well, it was yeah. my suggestion. I won't oh, yeah. be here, yeah. so yeah, you guys are good. Whatever, <laughs> Robert. You're going to be here. We're well, going to make Robert, you watch it. The, the movie after that's going to be Gone in 60 Seconds, I won't the original. Be there. I won't be there either. So. Oh, that was your, your suggestion. Movie. You have to do that, though. Man. That's yeah, your no. fucking movie. Oh, you, you're going to run that one, Robert. I won't be here either. Hey, don't be a fucking Grinch. Yeah. Hey, hey. But yeah, that's what's coming up, and yeah, we're looking forward to a lot of interesting stuff in the new year. Yeah, yeah. I won't yeah. be there. So, Captain God damn it, Robert! <laughs> po- another podcast wants yeah. me. Oh um, yeah, we're, we're cutting yeah. half of that, all of that out. Okay, I'm kind of yeah. signing. I'm kind of signing a contract with another podcast because you guys, yeah. are, are Robert, right. Robert, we're trying to wrap this shit fucking up. Okay, hey, I'm yeah. trying. I'm trying Come to wrap on, it up too. I mean, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You're good. I, I'm trying to wrap it up too. I mean, I know. I'm yeah, wrap it up. Else. You know. Before you're having yeah. sex. Uh, wrap your shit up with <laughs> saran wrap. Yeah, there you I, go. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't don't wrap your shit with saran wrap. Don't, Buy a condom. Don't yeah. Don't listen to him. Two condoms and saran wrap. I, anyway, duct tape. Um. <laughs> hey, Cap- <laughs> Captain. You. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Masking tape. Captain, you want to plug your shit? <laughs> yeah, you guys can find uh, our uh, go to victimsandvillains.net where you guys can find our reviews, our episodes our social media, and most importantly, our suicide prevention resources. Yeah, th- those are definitely important. I mean, seriously. And, and I'm, I'm glad that there's a podcast like yours that is out there representing th- that type of awareness. You know, that, that's really, really great. And then that's why it was really, really great to have you on the show. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, we, we really enjoyed this, right? Dude, yeah, thanks. everybody thanks. You had a lot of good good things to say. Thanks um, for being on our show, man. Yeah, seriously. certainly. Yeah. I'm no problem. I'll definitely be looking for some uh, collabs in the future. And hey, man, if you want to be on Collateral Gaming, um, you know, hit me up. Let us know. So whatever. Speaking yeah. of which, well, this, uh, this is another time to plug something awesome. We're doing a 48-hour game stream to raise money to get mental health. Ooh, nice. Uh, resources into schools and you guys uh that is going to be february 21st through the 23rd 2020 at twitch.tv forward slash victims and villains really you know what i will make sure that ash and i will be there to watch that stream yeah definitely i'd like to check that out as well yeah we'll check definitely donate and also make some donations you know, and speaking of to. collateral gaming, um, you know, just a little shameless self plug. <laughs> uh, this episode's already stretching long enough. Um, collateral gaming is releasing our next um, our holiday special, which is you know our gift to you, uh, the gift of Tommy Wiseau. Woo-hoo! We're doing the room tribute, the the flash game on uh, Newgrounds. I guess if you didn't have a room, you know, reference there, we have one now. We yeah, have one. <laughs> there we go. Um, that that was really you know. 
what I could think of. There's not I can't think of any Christmas themed games. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. It was kind of a stretch. You could you could wanted done, to do that. You could have done elf bowling. I mean, come elf on, bowling. Elf oh my bowling. god. <laughs> so th- that'll be at our I- indie game review, um, celebrating you know the holiday special, and then our next numbered episode will be the new year. Um, Dakota's very excited about it. It's Death Stranding. Yep. We've um, we've delayed it a little bit. If you didn't catch our past arcade game episode, we're actually pushing that into January, which gives me more time to play the game, um, and also um, kind of push our schedule uh, forward a little bit. Um, after after Christmas, I mean, we'll, we'll be taking a short break along with Collateral Cinema. So um, definitely um, we'll be back and um, have a lot of uh, content to look forward to on, on, on both ends. And guys, go uh, go follow Victims and Villains. Definitely. Um, go check out their podcast. And you have a YouTube channel as well, right? Uh, we did, but we had a crisis happen and Uh-oh. we actually deleted it. Okay. Uh-oh. Crisis. Uh-oh. The anti monitor evaporated our YouTube channel. Oh, well, You know what? You, fuck YouTube and their corporate bullshit fuck anyway. Shit. Yeah. Fuck show, fucking dude. bullshit. That's why I like the dude. podcast market. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, definitely um, check us out on Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Spotify, Google play youtube um just wherever else wherever you, else you get your podcast yeah wherever so. you get your podcast and and also leave us a five-star review for both collateral gaming and collateral cinema and victims and villains as well give them a five-star review as well and also check out our patreons we have exclusive content on there we have full-length feature commentaries and on collateral gaming there's some let's plays on there right let's plays well i don't have the content uploaded yet we have one free let's play that's out available okay. on youtube but um i we actually have most of the other shit recorded i just need to like put it together oh, okay um but it's yeah one of those situations where we keep saying we're going to do something nothing actually happens. what about it's happening what about the sh- <laughs> what about the short videos we did yeah. Oh, that's right. We also have a short film coming out oh, called we Killing got, Night. We got two of them. And we got another movie in production right We've now, right? We've got Killing Night, which is in the editing process, and we have Paranoid. Paranoid. Which we'll be, we will be shooting in about a week or two. Yeah, pre-production. Something like that. Yeah, it's in yeah. pre-production right now. It's being in production right now, dude. Yeah. So, yeah, so definitely look forward for, to that. We'll probably have that up on our YouTube channel. Yeah, and if you are an indie movie maker and you have any movies, please let us know. Um, hit us up on Instagram or whatever. We all have social media accounts or Collateral Cinema. Hit us up and send us your movie. Hit we'll, us up yeah, we'll, with your we'll feature. We'll do a review. Hit us up with your own personal short. Right. And that Don't goes same thing with yeah. gaming. If you you know want to send us a game, send us a game, man. Indie game developers, yeah. yeah. And we will so. review that. So don't yeah. don't be shy. Just send it to us. Yeah, just drop us a line. Uh, collateral cinema movie podcast at gmail.com or hit us up on the socials. Fuck yeah. Well, I guess that's all that needs to be said on that. Right. Um, that being said, I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Robert Ortegon. I'm Ashley Chancellor. I'm Dakota Chancellor. And I'm Captain Nostalgia. Oh, yeah. This is Collateral Cinema, and we are out. 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 Wrap your shit. <laughs> Audi 5000. Yeah. Check it later. Andre 5000.
You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus and as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a greasy black peel. Just face the music, you're a monster. Mr. Grinch, yes you are. You got galaxies all over, Mr. Grinch. Well, I wouldn't touch you ever. Thirty-nine and a half foot tall. Of a seasick crocodile, Mr. Grinch. Given the choice between you, I'd take the seasick crocodile. Lateral Cinema is an L Company production. All music and movie clips are owned by the respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.